And welcome back once again to uh, yet another edition of Between Two Pastors, uh, where you get to see what it's like to sit right in between two pastors who uh, think that you need to hear what they have to say. I am your host, Ed, and uh, And I'm Matt. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'll I'll just... I wasn't ready. I'll jump right in there. No, it's okay. I wasn't ready. Okay. Let's try that again. Uh, (laughs) Okay. I'm your I'm your host uh, again, uh, Ed, and uh, and with me as always, almost always, is my trusty uh, and faithful uh, steed, Matt. Yeah, couldn't get Tom this week, so here I am again. <laughs> we tried. Yeah, <laughs> believe me, we tried. Uh, people keep turning us down. So so this last Sunday, Pastor Matt delivered the sermon. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's after a, after a long labor yeah and it was a healthy eight pound 16 ounce baby sermon yeah <laughs> and um it was called out of place yeah. on james, based on james 4 11 through 5 6 which talks about making plans for tomorrow and uh wealth matt question yeah. mm-hmm. why did you call why is the title of the message <laughs> out of place Oh man. Uh so a little bit behind the scenes. Uh it was called this a, isn't gonna be an easy answer. No, I, it, I was thinking maybe like three words. No, like no, no, it, it's okay. not. Uh because actually it's not the title I would have preferred. Um I That's, didn't I didn't know didn't what you pick the title? Yeah, I I did. Um I didn't know what to pick though. I, I had a few different titles in mind and answer though. Is that uh I think what James is talking about here is how our life can get out of place. We, we, we can be, we can be doing all of the right things and and things that have the right appearance and what everybody else does. And yet, um, why and how we go about it is just a little out of place. And so he's talking about the downfall of that and and how that stuff gets uh, skewed. So what's out of place is the person they're out of place because of their motives. Yeah. Yeah. In what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, so I I think a lot of people read this passage and where James says, you know, hey, basically, like, it's ridiculous that you guys are planning these things. And and so a lot of people say, well, we we can't predict tomorrow, so we shouldn't plan. And I don't think James is saying at all that planning is a bad thing and and, and having something you're moving towards. It's the reason why and and how you're doing that. And that was what was off with this group that he's talking to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. That makes sense. So I, um, I, this struck me as definitely dealing a lot with the issue of control. Yeah. And um, as a person who struggles with this issue a lot and has for a long time, um, I, I've always, I shouldn't say always, um, there was a point when I decided I'm a self-reliant person. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, from that point on, I, I realized that like control was a big thing to me because I was under this illusion that I was already in control, mm-hmm. you know, that I had, I had been in control and things had gone well. So I've always struggled with that a lot. Um, this idea of control is a common one in scripture. And I'm wondering, Pastor Matt, uh, the more learned of the two of us, um, I could, say that. could you, um, you have an MDiv, right? Yeah, I do. I, I have an MA in yeah. theology diversified. Oh, which was um, kind of like a weekend accelerated online <laughs> thing. 
Um, Sending in your thirty dollars and you're good to go. Well, no, it was yeah. one of those. It was one of those like, can you draw this picture? So <laughs> okay. it was a, it was a puppy, and then they they have the box, and I drew a Bible, and they're like, you get an MA in theology diversified. Oh, there it is. Um, so as the more educated of the two of us, um, could you walk us through a little bit this? theme mm-hmm. of control throughout the Bible. Where where do we see this pop up? Yeah, it, it's all over the place. Actually, one of the commentaries I read for the, uh, this message, they said, you know, this goes all the way back to Adam and Eve in the garden, and that uh, the original sin was, was is a sin of, of control, of self-reliance, of saying, uh, I can do this myself. I, I don't need anyone, especially I don't need God. And uh, and if I have the right uh, knowledge, and so even the thing there with the tree, the knowledge of good and evil, that's a good thing. And yet the motive, the reason why they were doing that was out of place that, you know, tempted with this idea of you won't need to go to God for this knowledge, but you can actually have it for yourself and discern for yourself. So in the beginning, this starts out as... It seems to be the uh, the it's the opposite of trusting God. Mm-hmm. It's I can trust God, or I can seek control yeah. for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like, as much as we would probably say control is not necessarily a bad thing in the Bible, it seems to be held up against the alternative, which is trusting God yeah. to himself be in control. Yeah. Yeah. Having, having faith that God is going to come through and give us what we need when we need it and, and be, um, be the thing that we can rely on. And, and I think having anything outside of us, we're, we're so jaded by the world that, and we've been let down so many times, uh, that we just get really weary of having to rely on anything that's not ourselves. And, you, you see it. You see it all the way throughout Scripture. Um, you see it with uh, the Israelites as as they're walking, you know, through the wilderness. And, and several times they they tell Moses that you know they want to go back to Egypt. Uh, that they wish they they would have been left there. That they're just even the control and knowing of what they could count on with slavery was more appealing to them than walking to freedom and the journey that that took and um the trials of the desert and yeah and so we we see we see control again popping up where they demand a king uh that they you know god is telling them that they uh uh that he's their king and he's the one that they can rely on they say no we want somebody like us they want somebody that will rule like us and see things the way that we see that there is a degree of control uh there that uh, we know what to expect uh, with a um, earthly king. Uh, we see it with, uh, I think Peter is a great example in the Gospels of uh, this person that's so close to Jesus and, and, and wants the thing of God, and yet it's just slightly off, and, and he kind of has these moments of tension with Jesus at, at different places where Christ tells him that he has to go and die, and, and, and Peter says, you know, no. Peter actually rebukes Jesus for that. And, and so Jesus, you know, says, get behind me, Satan. And we see again with when Jesus is being um, arrested in the garden and, and, and Peter feeling what he wants and the security of his future slipping away and the image of 
what he thought God's kingdom would look like just crumbling in front of him, uh, he grabs a sword and cuts off uh, Malchus's ear. And uh, so Peter's an example of this. And, and then we see um, with Jesus in the temptation uh, in the wilderness um, that Satan comes to him. And, and one of the things that he tempts him with the greatest, because I think it's one of the greatest temptations in our life, is this idea of control, that if you bow down to me, I'll give you all of this, all that you see, it'll be your kingdom, you'll rule over it. And I, the Satan is continually coming to us and saying the same thing, that if you if you give yourself to me, if you give yourself to my ways, um, you can have all of this. This can all be under your dominion, which is actually the thing that God promises us back in the garden, right? That, you know, make this prosper. This is under your dominion. You cultivate this, grow this, right? Um, and so it's a good thing for us to want to do that, for us to want to take care of what he has given us in this creation. And yet, if that motive is out of place um, and, and how we go about getting it is is just off, um, it can run lead us to some real major issues. Uh, in this passage in James, uh, the two examples that he gives are um, basically seeking to control the the outcome of your life through this idea of basically making plans. Yeah, uh, you know something that we would see as responsible. Um, he says, you know, don't 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 think that you control your destiny mm-hmm. enough that you're saying, I know what I I know where I'm even going to be tomorrow. I know what my life's going to look like. How things are going to go. These are people who believe that they were. They were in control of things, and um, and then with money, the idea of um, wealthy people, people building up wealth as a way of also having security. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so these are two. I would I would definitely I can relate to that. I think that um, I've struggled a lot with with control, and I've had a lot of anxiety that's come as a result of that, feeling the need to be in control of my life and find security in. Um, having a plan, having an idea. I, I'm the kind of person who um, I always have to have some bigger picture idea, some some goal, something that's being worked towards. Um, and uh, and I also feel this constant pressure to um, uh, save or. Um, look at you know uh, you know how how big is this sort of emergency fund and how you know what could we really handle and you know what kind of uh, catastrophe could come upon us in life yeah. and how are we prepared for it and um, I when I've been really honest there have been times I've been in like counseling appointments and I've I've been really honest and said out loud I really wouldn't be okay if like the following things happened you know God wouldn't really take care of it you know and. Mm-hmm. And so I think it comes from that that fear and that doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, so James seems to be, James seems kind of negative. You know, the kind of pastor that you try not to be almost. <laughs> seems like he's getting up there and saying, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this, you know. Yeah. Um, and he... Uh, it feels like it feels like when you're preaching through James, he almost pulls you into that negativity a little bit. And you're just like, uh, how can we like, <laughs> how can we not lose the message and yet kind of put this in... Uh, uh, you know, not as uh, derogatory of yeah. terms. Um, but there are parts of the Bible, lots of them, that talk about all the issues that James is mentioning, mm-hmm. and they talk about them in more sort of positive ways in terms of uh, uh, there's there's a promise of freedom and joy that comes with God's truth yeah. and wisdom. Yeah. The passage that I think I always go to when I think about this is 
in um, is in Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount um, that is uh, Jesus talks about. Well, he talks. Uh, so first, he talks. It's it's interesting in Matthew six uh, twenty two, uh, well nineteen through um, twenty four, Jesus is talking about laying up treasures in heaven. And then he randomly talks about the eye, the lamp of the body, basically saying treasure might be your goal in life if you're not careful. And then he says, no one can serve two masters. Yeah. They'll hate one and love the other. Be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus singles out money mm-hmm. as something that will become a God that you serve. Mm-hmm. And that's because we use money primarily as a way of of controlling yeah. and having security. Yeah. We, we replace God with money and say, okay, I'll be good now. Yeah. Um, he then goes on in verse 25 to say, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, neither toil or spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Mm. Um, James is saying in this passage um, really what he's saying, especially to the people that are making plans, is he's saying, he's not saying it's bad to plan. Mm-hmm. You know, he's saying, you guys are living in the future. Yeah. You're not living even now. Yeah. And you need to just let tomorrow be tomorrow and let mm-hmm. today be today. Yeah. And man, I have, I have struggled so much in, in the pursuit of control. And it has led me to do so many things that I'm not proud of. But more than anything, it's caused me anxiety. Mm. You know, um, it has caused me just a lot of anxiety because the bigger my own view of myself gets, the more I become the source of security in my life, the more anxious I become. Mm-hmm. And that has nothing to do with how successful I am at it. It just has to do with the fact that it hits me. I'm not really that great. Um, <laughs> I, it's good to hear you admit that. Yeah. yeah. We've it's all hard. been saying it it's for a, a while, thing. but yeah. <laughs> it's finally getting through. Um, they, they all have t-shirts that say you're, you're not that great. LA's Christmas uh, cards are finally getting through to you. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, like, like you, you spend so much of your time trying to be in control and to depend on yourself. And, the, but you know, deep down, you mm-hmm. know, I can't handle this burden. I, I need to be depending on something much better than myself. So it actually creates anxiety and fear and worry because yeah. deep down you know. So I, I do think that there's, I think that there is freedom that comes from this, as negative as it sounds of what yeah. James is saying. I yeah. mean, he's, he's telling the church, you know, let it go. Yeah. And, uh, and be free from the burden of yeah. these things. Have you seen, like, can you think of anywhere specific in your life where you've had plans 
um, that have had to change because God's wanted them to change. And yet in, in the struggle of, of letting go of those plans and yet finding greater freedom because you did and, and where God led you to. Oh yeah. And, well, yeah. I mean, there's no better example than I almost feel like this is like, nobody wants to hear about this example, but there's no better example than, um, I think dealing with infertility and eventually adopting two kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, like never in my life have I wanted something more that I didn't get. I wanted to have biological kids mm -hmm. and I was like pretty upset that Wait, it was not happening. They're not yours? No, oh, I know. I know. Okay. It's confusing. Yeah. Um, but uh, they are not biologically our kids. Um, so we adopted Tegan from Ethiopia um, and Davey more, more local. And um, we, uh, man, I mean, you know, anybody who's, who's dealt with infertility and, and had to, and, 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 and had to like really deal with that. You, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about, Matt, you guys dealt with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, it's just, it's really a, like, you know, God, this is the big one, the big thing that I want yeah. just give it to me, yeah. you know, just give it to me. Um, this is part of the plan that I have for my life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I get it. I'm not going to get everything I want, but God, I don't want lots of money and mm -hmm. I don't want lots of fame. I just yeah. want to have some babies that look like me, Yeah. which I've told you this before. I actually think now it's pretty strange <laughs> that like people's kids look like them. I feel like it's, <laughs> it's definitely more frustrating when you're arguing with them an introversion of yourself. Yeah. It's yeah. like, just, that just so weird. No, I, I really, I'm like, I see your kids and you and <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, doesn't that creep you out? Yeah. Isn't it just a constant reminder that they're only here to replace you? <laughs> yeah. Like, ugh. Um, anyway, we accepted relatively quickly compared to many other couples I know who've struggled with infertility. We uh, went to an IVF appointment and uh, they were like, uh, going to give us a deal. They were like, you know, they had, we had the coupon in the, circ in the circular that came in. So we brought that in and um, was, they, they were going to give us a deal. They were going to start right away. And they're like, oh, you guys will do great. You know, you're like prime candidates for this. Um, and, um, and Ellie was like, no, I, I really want to, um, I remember Ellie started crying and then the lady was like, is it the shots? Are you afraid of shots? And she's like, no, I just don't want to like decide this right now. Mm -hmm. You know, we skipped the fertility process entirely. We, mm -hmm. we didn't do anything. Um, and, uh, and I think that that decision saved us so much heartache. Like if I had to think of an example of man making plans and God um, sort of handing them circumstances that are different mm -hmm. and man not accepting those circumstances. Yeah. And even at times throwing a tantrum about it, I would say that the fertility issue is one where I have, I have seen it so, so often. And it is not just the couples that struggle with it that is to blame. It's the church as well, because we make families and marriages into like the only way to be complete in life. Yeah. Um, and so, oh, of yeah. course, people would feel like, oh, without this thing, I can't really be who oh, I'm yeah. supposed to the be. The way we talk about people and ask them questions who are single, like, when are you actually going to grow up and get married? And we're so guilty of that in the church. And there's this amazing theology of singleness that Paul lays out in the New Testament. And we just 
kind of ignore it. So, yeah, and when yeah. you when are you gonna you know have kids and yeah. you know oh it's selfish for people not to have kids and yeah um, it's like before we had kids man we cause a lot of our friends had kids before us because we dealt with infertility man we'd be like uh you don't seem to be really enjoying kids very much so why should why should I have them because <laughs> you spend a lot of time complaining um, but it is really um, yeah it's such a clear example of. I mean, the tantrums that we threw, you know, with God of just give us what we want, give us what we want. And I told, I remember saying at some point, I know that I'm going to, you know, say, oh God, I wouldn't change it for the world. I I wouldn't, you know, do it any different, but I definitely would do, I would do it. I would give anything right now to, uh, to have, to watch my wife give birth to some kids and, um, and maybe that's a bad way of wording it, but um, I'd give anything to, um, have some biological kids. Um, you're like, yeah, you definitely don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, you're so naive. <laughs> <laughs> and now, I mean, I just, I can't believe what a blessing it is that we, that we were able to adopt mm. and that these are our kids. And I think to myself constantly, man, if we had kept fighting it, if we had kept putting it off, if we had kept refusing to accept sort of what was happening, um, you know, these would not be our kids. Mm. Um, and, and I'm so grateful that these are our kids. And, um, in fact, last night, Ellie and I were talking about one of our kids that we were really struggling with a few things with them. And, and we were saying like, you know, I mean, you would never, no matter how hard it is, we never feel like we always feel like, but I'm glad I'm the one, mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm the one raising them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad I'm the one that got to, to be there because, because if anybody's going to advocate for this kid, if anybody's going to help this kid navigate the world, I want it to be me. And I, and I even know some couples still who are well past all of that Mm -hmm. and still have not ever gotten over the fact that God didn't give them the family that they wanted. So one of the things that also came up in this is the things that we look for control in tend to control us and they dictate a lot of our behavior and our biggest fear is losing those things and Mm -hmm. not getting them and we're willing to compromise even morally for it. And I think that James touches on that towards the end of these passages where he talks about the way that wealthy people treated those that were they saw beneath them. Um, Could you elaborate on that, Matt, a little bit more? Just the way that this idea of control causes us to compromise yep. who we are. Yeah. When we base our future off of uh, the accumulation of what we find value, particularly in this case, he, he's talking to people that they have done this with money. Uh, two things will happen primarily. One is that we will begin to see people without money as worthless or worth less than ourselves. And so we will begin to treat them that way. And we, and we like to think, no, 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 I, I won't be that way. I won't be that person. I will be the one that is different, that I can accumulate these things, have this stuff, and yet still see people as valuable. But the, the thing of it is, is that when this is this important to us, that our life is oriented around it, it is ridiculous to think that we won't start seeing other people as needing to orient their life around the same thing. When we are passionate about something, we think that everybody else's passion should be about the same thing. And if they don't do that, if they don't structure their life around it, if they don't have it as well, then they've made a mistake. They they don't get it. They don't see the full picture. They've made bad choices, any of those things. And, and so then we start to demean 
the people that don't have in, in this case in the group he's talking to money and we can we are then within our rights we're justified to treat them as less and treat them as what because they're in that position because they've made that choice i i think the second thing that, that we see um uh, happening here too is that our future gets so tied up in having um and, and hanging on to again in this case money um, but it can be other things it's not just that for us some of us there are we find value in other things than money but for this purpose it's james is talking to the rich um that we will do anything it takes to amass more and then to hang on to it and so we will do things treat people in ways uh, that we never thought possible, that we always tell ourselves, I won't go there. I won't do that. That's where I draw the line. And yet the line keeps getting moved further and further because we're so desperate to hang on to this. We're so desperate to have it. And um, at some point we turn around and we have given up everything. We've given up our moral standards. We've given up the other things that we said, this is uh, important as well and I won't sacrifice this ever we've let that go because the accumulation of whatever it is money uh is too great and we have to hang on to it because if we don't have it we can't guarantee our future yeah that's it's very true well uh thanks matt um i think that does it for us today as always i want to thank my guest matt for being here and for at what point do you get pumped bumped up from the guest status just kind of wondering i'm asking for a friend yeah, well, if you're asking for a friend, I would say, um, you know, it all depends on, on like, level of performance oh, okay. and delivery. Okay. I mean, basically, it's a com- it's a complex algorithm determined by both attendance, quality of answers, and how often you check your phone, and I have to get your attention. Um, so, uh, I'll I let thank, him know. <laughs> yeah, so I want to thank Caitlin, who, as Matt said, is not here. Um, we've replaced her this week with one of those bobbing birds that like dips its beak into water, and it seems to be doing an okay job of pushing the button. Um, and, uh, and then I want to thank our sponsor for this week, which is, of course, uh, this week it's actually the Oregon State uh, Department of Parks and Recreation, um, who want to encourage you to visit their website. Uh, to find out um, all you need for your next adventure. It's got all kinds of helpful tips and things that are available, including the tide tables for 2020 um, and some beach safety tips. So uh, that is particularly useful for me. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you know this, but it is a lot easier than you would think to drown in a tide pool. Oh, Um, yeah. And I have... I have had to I've I've had to be rescued out of several tide pools. Yeah. Um, in fact, I don't go to tide pools anymore yeah. because okay. I I keep drowning in them. Until next week, shalom. <laughs> Sorry, Justin's texting me, and it's like totally like. Why are you looking at your phone? Because <laughs> I'm reading the passage. Oh, it, it's popping up. You're still reading the text, aren't you? Put your phone in airplane mode, Matt. <laughs> okay, I will Just do that. Be here. Just be here. Okay. Can you be here? Can you be God. present? I'm trying. I'm trying so hard. Well, um, the t- the texts. Yeah. I mean, the texts and the and the emails and the. Sp- I'm assuming sports stats. He actually called me. He, he called me and I had to like text him and say, I'm recording a podcast. So you didn't have to text him. Yeah. Well, you didn't have to say anything to him. You I could did. be here with me. All of my